that don't know, maybe you're, you're a guest with us for the first time or you're watching online for the first time. My name is Pastor Sean. I'm one of the pastors here. And, of course, who we're talking about honoring and celebrating next week is Bishop and Pastor Kathy Thomas. That is my parents. And I'm so grateful and excited that not only do I get to honor my earthly parents, but I get to honor my, my, my spiritual leadership, my headship. And I'm so grateful and thankful. I'm saying this on my behalf right now. I'm so thankful uh, for pastors uh, who, who care. They want to champion you to continue to run the race that God's called us to, that God's assigned us to. And, and, and I just think about all the testimonies and the things that, that God's done in many of your lives and even in my life. If it wasn't for them, and I'm taking it beyond the role of them being mom and dad for my life. If it wasn't for the spiritual voice in my life, I wouldn't be here today. And so I can't wait to celebrate and honor them. And it's going to be an incredible time. So come out and be a part of that. Um, you know, these next several weeks, we really are speaking to the heart of this season and being the fact that it's 44 years of ministry. And we've been saying those three words uh, as we've been talking about, uh, you know, the day coming up next week, which l let me tell you, we've got an incredible day prepared. And I know they already gave announcements and all that stuff, but next week is going to be an exciting time, not only as we honor uh, our headship, not only as we celebrate 44 years, but we've got uh, our, our guest who's a friend, who's family of the house, Brother Ted Shuttlesworth Jr., who's going to be ministering in our, in our service. And so it, it's going to be a powerful day. Um, but we've been saying three words, faith, family, future. Say that with me this morning. Faith, family, future. And I wanted to take a moment with you this morning and, and share with you on that, on that first word. I wanted to share with you about that first word, faith, but really I, I want to give it uh, a little bit more context. I want to talk about faithfulness. Faithfulness. Because the reality is the reason why we're here for 44 years and why we're going to continue on for another 44 years plus is because of the faithfulness of the people. If it wasn't for the people, we wouldn't be here. Who's the people? It's you. Tell somebody next to you, it's you. Tell somebody else, it's you. Now say, it's me. It's been the faithfulness of those that have been willing to come together and rally around the vision of abundant life. The vision of the house is that we're going to reach our world with life, with the message that God is a good God, that God loves you, and that God wants to see your life blessed, your family blessed, your business, as we heard earlier, blessed. He wants to see your health whole and full. He wants you to have the abundant life in every single area. And because of that, we've been able for 44 years to stand on the fact that we are Abundant Life Church that we are a church who believes that God is good. Amen? And so I want to speak to that a little bit this morning. And if you will, I quickly want to dive into our, our, our scripture, our story for the day. It comes out of the book of Exodus, chapter 17. We're going to read a few uh, verses here. We're going to gather our thought. And we're going to get into this today. Um, but I want, to, I want to talk about faithfulness. I want to talk about what that looks like for your life and for your family. I want to talk about what does that look like for your calling and your vision? What does that look like when it comes to your dreams? What does that look like when, when, when you're fulfilling who God has called you to be? And so in Exodus 17, uh, I'm reading out of the NIV this morning, and I want to quickly start in verse 8. And uh, again, we're going to read eight, verses 8 through 16. And, and it starts off and it says this, The Amalekites came and attacked the Israelites at Rephidim. Moses said to Joshua, choose some of our men and go out and fight the Amalekites. 
Tomorrow I will stand on top of the hill with the staff of God in my hands. So Joshua fought the Amalekites Moses had ordered, and Moses, Aaron, and Hur went up to the top of the hill. As long as Moses had his hands held up. Come on now. As long as Moses had his hands held up, the Israelites were winning. But whenever he lowered his hands, the Amalekites were winning. When Moses' hands grew tired, they took a stone and they put it under him, and he sat on it. Aaron and Hur held his hands up, one on one side, one on the other, so that his hands remained steady. I want to say that one more time. That his hands, they remained steady, in place. They weren't moving, they weren't wavering, they weren't leaning. That they were held in place, that they were Steady, and it remained steady until sunset. So Joshua overcame the Amalekite army with the sword. Then the Lord said to Moses, write this on a scroll as something to be remembered and make sure that Joshua hears it because I will completely blot out the name of Amalek from under heaven. And I want you to see this here in verse 15. Moses built an altar and he called it, the Lord is my banner. He built an altar, and he called it, the Lord is my banner. In the original King James, it says that, that he built an altar, and he called it Jehovah Nisi, my banner of victory. Does anybody have a banner today that you can lift high, as we sang about earlier, and declare the victory that God has given us? And so he says this in verse 16. I love this, this last line. Because hands were lifted up against the throne of the Lord, the Lord will be at war against Amalekites from generation to generation. In other words, because Moses was willing to keep his hands high, because he was willing to keep them on the throne from generation to generation to generation. As long as your hands are to the throne room of the Lord, as long as your faith is in God, as long as your trust is in Jesus Christ from generation to generation to generation, there's going to be victory from generation to generation to generation. Your children are going to walk in the promises of God, the goodness of God, the they're going to know that there's a God in heaven that's watching over them in your life. There's a God in heaven. He's watching over you today. I came to preach this morning. <laughs> I, th th this, th this has been stewing for the last week and a half, two weeks. I've been praying about it. I said, Lord, I said, you know, I, I came across this, this passage, and the Lord kept putting me right to that line where he, where he says that he built the altar and he called it, the Lord is my banner. The Lord is my banner. But what was the banner in the natural that Moses was holding? What was it that he was lifting up? Because the Bible says that when they went to war against the Amalekites, uh, as long as his hands were lifted, they were winning. But what was he lifting up? The Bible says a staff. And as long as as the staff that was in his hand was held steady. Can I speak to you from the subject line this morning? Steady your staff. Steady your staff. In fact, I got a staff this morning that I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to show you. I brought it with me today. Uh, full disclosure, it actually at once was the handle of a shovel. Uh, this has been the illustration of many sermons. 
Um, I am going to instruct that all of our security teams start carrying these now. Unless someone comes in to, to, to try and interrupt what God's doing, strike first, strike hard. I think that might have been like a swift kick of the leg, Cobra Kai never die, right? But I got my staff this morning. But I want this to serve as a visual illustration. Because the staff in the Bible, when it came to, to being in the life of Moses, was the key instrument by which the Lord unlocked his miracles through Moses' life. But I want to point out something is because the staff didn't just show up when Moses encountered the Lord in the burning bush. In fact, when Moses fled from Egypt, for 40 years he was a shepherd and he had a staff in his hand. For 40 years already, this was something that had collected a lot of miles. This is something that had been used and had been worn and, 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 and it's been very well broken in. For 40 years he had this. But in a moment when he encountered the Lord, what he had for 40 years was about to shift and was about to change. Can I suggest maybe to you, your staff today, it might not be a broom uh, or, a, or a shuffle handle. Maybe your staff today is your vision. Maybe your staff today is your dream. Maybe your staff today is your purpose. Maybe your staff today is your calling. And for 40 years, because you haven't allowed it to be surrendered to the hands of God, you haven't been able to see it fulfill what it was called to. But can I tell you, a moment when you encounter the Lord, a moment when you can see what's in your hand is by God and you can trust him with it, all of a sudden, everything can begin to shift and change when it comes to who God's called you to be, what God has called you to do. For 40 years, this was his identity. For 40 years, this was his culture. For 40 years, this is what represented his past. But the Lord said in Exodus chapter 4, because God had called Moses to lead his people out of Egypt. And you know the story all too well, all too familiar. But the, God had called Moses to lead the people. And Moses said, who am I? Who, who, who am I? Maybe you're here today. Who am I to fulfill that dream? Who am I to start that business? Who, 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 am, who am I to be able to dare to believe that God will prosper me in my finances? Who am I to believe and to see that, that, that I can walk in this, in this big vision, in this big calling, in this big plan that, that maybe was just a passing idea at one point? Who am I? And the Lord told Moses, what is in your hand? Now, the interesting thing about that was, he saw that he had this staff, and God said, throw it down to the ground. And in Exodus 4, the Bible says that the moment that his staff touched the ground, it turned into a snake. And it says that Moses got scared, and he fled from that staff that had turned into a snake. Maybe today some of you have begun to trust the Lord with what you have, and it began to scare you because you couldn't believe that it was truth for your life. Maybe some of you have fled and jumped away from that staff. Maybe some of you are saying, I can't do it. It's too big for me. God, call somebody else. You know, that's how the church was actually started. was because my grandfather, many of you have heard this story, but those that you haven't heard it, there was several other gentlemen that was called to start a church in Margate. And they all said, what is Margate? Margate's not a big city. Margate's a pass-through. It's not even a place that you want to stop by and have a cup of coffee. What, what is Margate? And the Lord spoke to Bishop Woody Thomas and said, I'm calling you to start Abundant Life Church. 
And he argued, and he argued, who am I? I can't do this. I can't go back into ministry. All these years, I'm broken. I'm, I'm, I've, I've got nothing to show for. How can I do this? And God said, today I'm calling you. I believe there's some of you today that God is calling you back to your purpose. Today he's calling you back to your dream. Today he's calling you back to fulfill the vision that he has started. And so my grandfather, he founded the church over 44, just over 44 years ago. And today we're living in the legacy of a man who was willing to pick up his staff and hold it steady again and trust the Lord. Oh, can we pick up our staff today and hold it steady again? Because see, the moment that Moses trusted the Lord with what was in his hand, mighty miracles begin to take place. You think about it. When he trusted the Lord with the staff in his hand, that staff caused the water to turn into blood when he stuck it into the Nile River. In other words, your vision has the ability to shift the atmosphere. Your purpose has the ability to change the atmosphere. When he was before Pharaoh and he laid his staff down in the same way that it turned into a snake when he was before the Lord, it did the same thing when he was before Pharaoh. Why? It was creating the power of persuasion. You say, what do you mean by that? Maybe your vision and your purpose has the ability to change the minds of men. Those that have been working against you. Those that have been trying to say, no, you can't do it. Those that said, there's no way. Those whose hearts have been hardened. In a moment, God can bring the power of persuasion and shift the hearts of men that have been against you. He took the staff again, and the Lord said, hold it up to the, to, to the Red Sea. And what happened? We sing the song, you split the seas, right? I can't sing it, but I can still walk through it. <laughs> Somebody help me out. <laughs> right? I am a child of God. I'm not going to be afraid and fearful. And I'm, now, I'm, as I always preach, you know, when I'm, sit, when I'm worshiping in the front row, I can, I can sing great. I know all the words that when I'm preaching, it's like, uh, 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 y'all help me out. Just sing it with me. <laughs> but you think about that. But what, but what was it that split the seas? Yes, it was the power of God, but it was the power of God when Moses trusted the very instrument that he placed in his hand. Some of us are looking for a mighty move of God. Maybe the mighty move of God is right there in your hands. And so his staff caused the waters to part. When they had gotten out into the wilderness and they were tired and they were worn out and they were thirsty and they began to complain to Moses... And begin to complain to God, how would you lead us out here and not sustain us and take care of us? And what did the Lord tell Moses? He said, take that staff and strike the rock. And what happened? Water began to flow. Your staff has the ability to create provision. When you're willing to take your staff and work it and use it and trust that it's God that has his hand on it, he can begin to release provision into your life. Maybe that's in your health. Maybe, yes, that is in your finances. Maybe that's just even in your heart. Lord, I need you to provide for me a little bit of peace today. It's been a heavy week. It's been a hard week. I'm upset. I'm angry. I'm frustrated. It was a tough week on the job. It's been a tough week with my children. It's been a tough just in, in, in life. And God's saying, I want provision to begin to flow, joy to begin to flow, healing begin to flow back into your life. Remember what you, do not question who you are a child of God today. And so, the next 40 years of Moses' life, when he trusted the Lord with his staff, 
it began to release the miracle power of God. And of course, we read here in this story when he raised his staff and he steadied his staff, they begin to have victory. But you know, staffs can be heavy sometimes. Staffs can weigh you down. You say, what are you talking about? You know, whenever you're the one that's called to fulfill a vision or to fulfill purpose, it, it, it can be heavy leading the way. And your arms can get tired. And though you believe in it, and though you've been fighting for it, and though you want to see God move in it, and though you trust that God will do it, you still get tired. You know, the Bible says, don't get weary in well-doing. For in due season, you'll reap a reward if you do not give up. Church, do not give up today on your vision. Do not give up on your purpose. Do not give up on your calling. Oh, I would think, what, what, what if Bishop Woody or Bishop Rick or Pastor Kent, what if they gave up on the hard times here at Abundant Life? We wouldn't be here today. But they refused to get weary in well-doing. They refused to lose heart. They, they, they refused to, to allow the weight of the staff to keep their arms down. They fought with everything that they have. I want to challenge you, fight with everything you have. Because you got a God that's there that will give you the strength. I, I, love, I love what this says here. Uh, I, want, I, want to, I want to read this to you real quick. I'm going to put this scripture down. Because I was reading this and, and, and God just began to encourage me on it. You know where he talks about how when you get weary and you can continue to trust the Lord that he will mount you up with wings like eagles. Run and not be weary. Walk and not be faint. God wants to mount you up today. He wants to lift you up today. I said God wants to lift you up today. He wants to lift your purpose up today, your calling today. Because there's great things that he wants you to experience and do. But it gets heavy. It gets exhausting. Sometimes it gets lonely. But you know what I love about this passage that we read? Is that it wasn't just Moses holding up his hands. Because there was two other men that were with him. There was a man by the name of Aaron and a man by the name of Hur. Now, interestingly enough, Aaron was Moses' brother, but Hur was Moses' brother-in-law. Say, why are you telling me that? Because when you can surround yourself with family, whether it's immediate family or the family of the church body, when you can begin to get your support and your stability around you, it don't matter how heavy this might feel in, in, in the natural. Because when we can rally together, Ecclesiastes 4.12 talks about how, how, how when two chords together are good, but when three chords are together, it is not easily broken. I love what Matthew 18, it talks about. It says, what you bind on earth is because it's already been bound in heaven. What you loose on earth has already been loose in heaven. But then it follows up by saying, when two or three are gathered together. So binding and loosening and the strength and the power of the kingdom is greater when we come together because we're better together. The strength of the organization, the strength of the church, the strength of your purpose, it rests on the people. God does not want you to try and fulfill your purpose alone. God wants you to have good godly relationships. Good, healthy, godly, loving relationships. Maybe some of you might need to reevaluate your circle today. Reevaluate those that you're letting in into close proximity today. God wants to bring the right people to help lift up your purpose. 
We need the right people to lift up the purpose of abundant life. You say, how do we lift up the purpose of abundant life? Serving. Servant leadership. Serving, and as we saw in the testimony earlier, is what put Chad in that place that he was able to walk in the promise, in the blessing. He trusted by serving. I heard six days a week. Did I hear that correctly in the video? Six days a week? Some of us are lucky to be here one day, if not barely watch church online in our skivs in our bedroom. Six days a week, seven days a week, our whole life should be serving. Serving is not just when you come on the grounds of a lot of life, by the way. Serving is who you are everywhere that you go. Okay, because Jesus said the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve, that he would give his life only for the time of ministry? No. Only for the time when he was with the disciples, breaking bread? No. He came that he would give his life as a ransom for many. He came that everywhere that he would step foot, his life would be a lifestyle of serving. And if serving is beneath you, then leading is above you. We need servant leadership in the house. Babies can't rock themselves in the children's ministry. We can't just self-park ourselves with this many people. We need parking team. We need media team. We need worship leaders. We need greeters. Oh, the church doesn't need me. Yes, we do need you. We need you to help lift up the arms, lift up the staff, so that we can continue to reach our world with life. Because if we're not here lifting up and keeping the hands steady, we're not going to fulfill what God has called abundant life to fulfill. Now, I know I'm speaking more to the home family today. But even if you're, you're with us and it's your first time, I want you to know that God believes in you and he wants to surround you with the right people that will see your purpose fulfilled. We need the right people. And so we see that these two men, they come in, Aaron and Hur. And you know what they did? They didn't wait for Moses to say, fellas, it's too hard. Fellas, I'm struggling. They saw the need and they immediately went to it. Can I tell you, when you see the need, immediately move to it. When you see the need of the house, when you see that there's an area that might need some help in serving and in volunteering, you need to step right on into it. We got to stop being a church that complains, stop being a church that is all hung up on our personal preferences. No, if we're about the vision, if we are about the word of this house and we see a need, we need to step right on into it. If you see the need on the job, someone's hurting and broken and needs prayer, you need to step into it. If you see the need at home and your children aren't serving the Lord, you need to get yourself strengthened up and you need to begin to pray for them and intercede on their behalf. I've said this before, well, if they're too grown and, and they won't let me sit down and pray with them, then you lay your hands on their doorpost whether they're sleeping at night or if they're sneaking out at night, that they have a holy encounter with Jesus. Aaron and her, they saw the need and they moved to it. Will we be a church that sees the need and moved to it? Because we want to keep the staff steady. God wants your staff to be steady. Yeah, but you don't know. People have hurt me. People are human beings. People are going to hurt. They're not perfect. But it doesn't mean that we isolate ourselves. It doesn't mean that we remove ourselves. We just begin to say, God, bring the right people into my life. Give me the right relationships. 
And so Aaron and her, they come in and they, they, they lift up his arms. And as long as the staff was steady, Israel was winning. But as the staff and the arms got tired before those hands came in support of them, they were losing. But I believe today as we come together, we're holding our staff steady and we're going to see the win. You're going to see the win. You're going to see the victory. But I want to take the last part of this morning of our time together. And I want to focus on something that really was, when I was looking into this passage, this was the thing that just was like amplified when I read it. And it said this, in verse 8, the Amalekites came and attacked the Israelites at Rephidim. 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 Now, I've read that before and just chalked it up to a location. But me, I love to study and really get into my word and get into my scripture, and, and I love what things mean. And the word Rephidim means resting place. It's the resting place. And so the moment that Israel went to the resting place is the moment the enemy came in and attacked. The moment that they rested is the moment the enemy came. When you rest your vision is the moment where the enemy is going to come in and attack you. When you lay down your purpose, when you lay down your calling, when you get away from the things of God, when you get away from living a life of serving, when you get away from holding up your step, that's when the enemy is going to start to come in and just unleash hell into your life. And the Bible says that the Amalekites, they came in in the book of Deuteronomy and they attacked Israel from behind. All those that were weak and all of those that were feeble. Now hold on a second because the book of Psalms says when they left Egypt that there was not one weak or feeble amongst them. They walked out with silver and gold and we've preached that. Oh, isn't that good? You know, when you trust God and, and, and he he's going to lead you prosperous. But how come they ended up being in a place that they got attacked? How come they got into a place where that, that, that now they, they were being attacked by, a, by an enemy? I couldn't help but to think that while God had used Moses in the staff, which was the visual, visual representation of where they were going, that they took their eyes off the staff. And we know what it says in the Bible, that they complained, they got upset, and they said it was better for us if we were back in Egypt. The staff is what led them out of Egypt. The problem was that Egypt never was led out of their heart. And so they remained captive looking at the past, dwelling on the past, resting their vision rather than keeping their eyes to the staff that was leading them forward. And so here they find themselves now in a place where they're being attacked. And all those that were weak at the back, all those that were feeble at the back, all of those that couldn't keep up, all the stragglers. And my heart is heavy for those that have rested their vision and have become weak and feeble and have straggled in the back. As the church, we have to do better. As the church, we have to love the lost like never before. As the church, you have to know that you belong before you behave. As the church, we have to fight for our brothers and we have to fight for our sisters and we have to fight for our sons and we have to fight for our daughters and we have to make sure that we're steadying their hands. But they begin to be attacked. Why? Because they reached the resting place. They rested. Can I tell you, you should never rest your vision. Never rest your vision. Only renew it. Vision does not sleep. 
vision is not a function of the eyes, it's a function of your heart. And the book of Ephesians says, let the eyes of my heart be filled with light that I can see my purpose and hope and calling in Christ Jesus. Maybe your heart has begun to grow dim because you've been resting in all the wrong things. Some of you are still resting in 2020. Some of you are still resting in quarantine. Some of y'all are still resting in politics. Some of you are still resting in, in all the wrong things that's not taking you to all the right things. And as long as you're still resting and dwelling in those things, you're never going to see the staff truly come alive in your life the way that God intended for it. The resting place. The resting place. Don't rest your vision. Renew it. I love it when David did. He got before the Lord when he, he messed up. He sinned, committed adultery, and he said, Lord, do not take your Holy Spirit from me. Make a clean heart in me, O God, and renew me with a steadfast spirit. Today, some of you need to be renewed. Your staff needs to be renewed. The staff of your heart needs to be renewed to become steady again and anchored in the Lord, anchored in his word, anchored in his promise. Today, Lord, renew us. Make a clean heart in us, O God. Let us not lose sight of where you're taking us, what you're doing in our life. Because you see, the moment that Moses realized, I need to get the staff back up before the people, that's why he said, tomorrow, I'm going to stand on the top of the mountain, I'm going to lift my staff, because the people need to see the banner again. The people need to be reminded of the vision again. The people need to be reminded of purpose again. People need to be reminded why we're not called to dwell in Egypt, but why we're called to dwell in a land flowing with milk and with honey. Why we're called to, 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 to walk in victory. Why we're called to, to, to walk in, in, in this purpose, in this thing. I need to get the staff up again. In the moment that that staff was up as we were read, it says that the battle was won and it was theirs. And I want to close with this this morning. When Moses built this altar, in verse 15, it says he built an altar and he called it, The Lord is my banner. Jehovah Nisi, the Lord is my banner. Banner and Nisi, what that means is rallying point. It means the rallying point. If you ever looked up that word, you can study it out. And the word Nisi, the word banner, it means the rallying point. And it's amazing because the story starts off in the resting place, but it concludes as a rally point. Maybe some of you have been stuck in the resting place and you have been able to lift your staff up again. But can I tell you, when you can raise your banner high, it's going to shift from the resting place to the rally point. Why the rally point? See, growing up, I played baseball. There was always this part in the game when if we were down by a run or however many or the game was close and it was tied and we wanted to see the win, we do a little thing called rally caps. Anybody ever had rally caps before? I'm the only hand in here. Great. All right, so I'm preaching to me right now. The rally, caps, the rally caps were awesome because you would, like, try to figure out how to either turn it inside out, which is never really good for a nice new air-crowned hat. Never liked that. Don't know why we did that. Um, 
It's a great way to mess up your ball cap. But that's what we did. And then we'd like shove like orange slices in our mouth because that for some reason, you know, caused everybody to get excited. And then we would start like chanting on the fence. And it was like, I thought this was a baseball game. Now it quickly turned into a zoo. What is happening right here? But what it would do is it would rally the momentum. It would build the momentum. It would cause you to remember, hold on a second, I'm here to win. I didn't come to lose today. I came to win. I came to have victory. I, 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 didn't, I didn't start this, this game for, 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 for me to, to lose and to not fulfill what, why I'm here. I didn't go through all the hard work of the practices. I didn't go through all the hard work of training and developing just for me to lose. And maybe that's where you've been at. Maybe you've been trying to hold your staff and you've been working it and you've been trying it and, 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 and you're trying to develop this dream and you're trying to, trying to develop in your calling or you're, you're trying to develop the gifts and the abilities that God has, has given you. But, 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 but you're at this place right now where you just want to rest because you're not sure if, if it's actually going to pan out, if it's actually going to work. But I want to encourage you today, shift it from the rest and let it become the rally point. Get excited because God is going to give you victory in where he's called you to. God is giving abundant life victory. We've been here 44 years. And we're going to go another 44 years. Because it's the people of God that rally together. Can I use you for an illustration, Emory? Come here, quickly. He's getting, man, I sound like Bishop now. He's getting taller than me and his voice is dropping. <laughs> he does that stuff. Can I ask you a question? I'm putting them on the spot, so be patient. What is a dream or an idea that you want to fulfill in your life, Emery? To be an entertainer. To be an entertainer. And if anybody's seen this guy, he can cut it on the drums and he can cut it on the rug. He got all of his moves from his, from his mama. Here you go. That right there is the staff of you fulfilling the call of being that entertainer. You just hold it up. Let everybody see how you're going to entertain them. Just hold on to that for a second. When we started Abundant Life Church, and again, you know the story, you've heard it. We started with 11 people, $14. Someone holla at me, that poodle dog. And so we started the church, and, and it was small. But that was the staff. That was the staff that we had. And over the years went on, the Lord spoke to the house that you let, hold that staff up. You can't rest it. But over the years, the Lord said, we are a visionary people serving a visionary God. And if you give yourself to the vision, the vision will give itself to you. If you trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding, in all your ways acknowledge him, he's going to make the path straight. And I think the path, while it has endured some hardship and some challenges and some difficulties, we're on a path right now as abundant life that God is taking us and raising us up to being a lighthouse like never before to reach our world. 
And so the heart of the house, when we first started, is that we're going to win the loss. The heart of the house is we're going to be a house that's going to demonstrate the miracle power of God. We're going to make room and allow the Holy Spirit to take precedent. We're, we're going to be a house that's going to believe and trust that when we sow our seed, that God is one that will bless. And so for all these years, we've remained into that. We've been anchored into that, and we have seen God do great things in this house. But all of that was because of the people. How you doing? You all right? I think Moses had it like that. Yeah, I want to test your weightlifting. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for what you're doing in this place. I'm just taking a moment right now because what's happening right now is somebody is seeing a visual and your hopes being restored. Because the Bible said when his staff was raised and they had the victory that the Lord said now remind Joshua that from generation to generation to generation you're going to continue to have victory. Trevor, come here real quick. How you doing, bud? Your, your arm's bowing a little bit. Trev, just play, play, place a hand on his, on his elbow or his wrist. Give, give him some support. Is that a little better? You know, the weight is better distributed with two hands. So if you have two hands on it, there, there we go. Um, they also said, though, that they placed a stone underneath him. Um, Everson, can you bring that chair right there? There you go. Run that, run that up here, if you don't mind. It'd feel a little easier if you could sit, right? It would be a lot better. You know what? You're up here, so you guys can both help him. Does that feel a little bit better? That feels pretty good, right? The Bible said till sunset, should we try it? <laughs> they came around him and they held up his arms and they kept it steady. And because of it, Moses knew together we're better and together when we can keep our hands. It didn't say when his hands was on the throne room, he called it my banner of victory. He said when our hands were on the throne room, placed against the throne, that it became the place of victory, his banner, his banner of the rallying point, the rallying point. I want to give you this visual today is that together we're better. Together we rally around one another lifting up the name of Jesus Christ. Note that the Bible didn't say it was Moses' staff. The Bible said, I'm going to grab the staff of God. It's not my purpose. It's the purpose God has placed in my hands. It's not my vision. It's the vision that God has allowed me to see. 
It's not just the hands of Bishop Woody that started the ministry. It's the people that come together. It's our vision. It's not just the, the vision of Bishop Rick and Pastor Kathy. It's when we all come together. But I want to ask you this question. Next week, October 3rd, can that not be our rally point? Can that not be our rally point that we can come together and help lift up the man and the woman of God's hands one more time? Can we not come together as one and give them the support because better days are ahead for abundant life? Better days are ahead for you? Better days are ahead for your family? Better days are ahead for your purpose and your destiny? But it starts when we come together and we lift up the hands of our leadership. That's what Aaron and her recognized. We're all going to get the victory, but it's going to start when we lift up the hands of the leadership, of the mouthpiece, of the voice of God in our lives. And so we lift our banner high because we know if God's done it for 44 years, he'll do it for another 44 years. He'll do it in your life. He'll do it in your job. He'll do it in your family. He'll do it in your physical body. He'll renew you today. So do not lose heart. Because our God is a good God. And he loves you. And he wants to bless you. Thank you for listening. We trust that what you heard today has encouraged you to live the abundant life. For more information about our ministry, please visit us on our website, AbundantLife.tv, or follow us on Instagram at AbundantLife underscore TV and Facebook at Come to Life. And remember, God is a good God. He loves you and he wants to bless you.